welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Plastering, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stan Chum, the daddy-o bearded legends, Mr. Paul Evie. Thank you very much indeed. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode 192, a mixed week of football to discuss with the win against Southend and the comprehensive defeat by Swindon on Saturday coming up later in this podcast. We've got a roundup of news from around the club as well. Just want to say a quick hello to Orient Tony and Mandy Angel. It's good to meet you at the South End game. Uh, so without further ado, I think we'll crack on with this week's show and we're going to start off with a shout to our sponsor, AJF Plastering. They're an Essex-based plastering and rendering company that covers all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems And the best part is that they offer a 15% discount for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if you want more information or you're thinking of redecorating your house and want some walls replastering, um, get the best prices around from ajfplastering at outlook.com. That's their email address. Or you can visit ajfplastering on Facebook or at bigadsadz. That is LOFC on Twitter. So time for your supporters club update and just one trip to tell you about this week. As the supporters club will be running coaches to top of the league, Exeter City, mm. next Saturday, 14th of September. This one's an early start, half, half eight. eight. It's a long journey, that. Bright and early for this one, folks. Kicks off at 3pm normal time. And there's a bargain price of 34 quid. That is a great price, to be fair, for adults. £31 for concessions. Mm. Uh, as always, trips will cost an additional £3 if you aren't a member. Still cheap. Absolutely, uh, and you can travel for half price if you're under 15, but you must be with an adult. And please remember that that price does not include your match day ticket. So if you go up there, take some cash to buy a ticket, maybe get yourself a program and a beverage while you're there. So to book for the trip, you can visit the Supports Club on any match day or by calling the travel line on 07722 Nine seven zero. Loving the horse voice then, yeah. Mr. Nishbaum. Coulson, Monday then, the 2nd of September, as we crack on with the week that was. Raul Satorio confirmed that he'd been called up to the Cyprus under-21 squad for their Euro 2020 qualifiers against Norway uh, last week and also the Netherlands on Tuesday the 10th of September. So well done to Raul. And it's also good that we've obviously got our youngsters being called up into their international squad. Yeah, only going to do Raul the world of good. Absolutely. So next week we'll tell you how he got on. Then at half past three in the afternoon, the club announced that James Brophy has signed a one-year contract extension which ties him to the club until 2021. James went on to say, I'm really happy. It got mentioned at the end of last season from the gaffer just after the FA Trophy final game and I made a bit of a joke to him about it but it was something that was always in my mind that we moved up a league and I was coming into the last year. I've just been happy ever since I've come here so I'm really delighted to get it over the line and to have another year here. So a massive well done from us. Glad James is staying a bit longer for me. On his day, he's as good as anyone and as George Sessions said, I think it was three weeks ago now, that Brophy's all about confidence and when he's got that confidence to take on men, go past them. There's not many better players in League Two. So really happy with that. You know, and we saw it last week against Salford. Give him the ball on the left, let him run at defences, and he'll get you assists. I'll get your goal so yeah, he's got scary pace hasn't he works for me you? Yeah. Uh, for me I agree with you about him being good on his day he really can be unplayable but really want to see more from him I want to see him imposing himself in games more giving defenders the hardest game of their life I want defenders coming off the pitch exhausted mentally and physically exhausted that they've had to keep up with him 
and they've had to maybe sacrifice a man from somewhere else to come yeah. and cover to try and play him out of the game. I don't see that enough from James Brophy, and I think he's got that in his locker. I mean, just 1v1 for pace, he'll leave you for dust. There's no question. We've seen it. Um, we don't see it enough, though. That's the problem for me with James, but maybe that is a confidence thing. But I think you just give James the ball and just run at the player. Give it back to him. If he fouls, give it back to him. Run at the player again. Do something different. Fouls, give it back to him. Just keep on. And I think he'll come good. Uh, and I think giving him that confidence, I think we're doing the world of the world of good. And for us as well, because I think that's a powerful outlet that we've got that's a little bit underutilised. Yeah, and Brophy will come into conversation, I'm sure, when we talk about the upcoming game uh, against Swindon. So yeah. to finish today, as we mentioned in last week's podcast, the transfer window closed for football league clubs at 5pm. And as we thought in episode 191, no additions. You heard it here first. To the squad. So that rounds up. Monday the 2nd of September. Then Tuesday the 3rd of September to Hue Tuesday was the main event with Southend at home in Group C South in the leasing.com trophy. The team lined up with Sergeant in goal, Judd, Epiteta, Happy, OG, Dennis, Gorman, Marsh, JMD and Alavi and Harold uh, with the starting 11 with Janata, Ling, Clay, Wilkinson, Angle, Shabani and Sweeney. Yeah, so Ross made several changes to the side that started on the previous Saturday against Salford as George Marsh made his debut while Sam Sargent and Shadrach Ogi made their first starts of the season. So your thoughts on the lineup? Yeah, I thought very young side for me and perhaps maybe a bit too young for a South South End side that were fighting to get a win. Obviously, I didn't know that South End were going to make eight changes to their side as well, but fine, no problem with that. But that said, uh, I finished off making this note at the time. I said I've got faith and belief in the team and, and in Ross's decision to, to make those changes and give those players some game time, yeah. some much-needed game time. Yeah, for yeah. me, decent team made up of a good selection of first-choice players and selection players knocking yeah. on the door. Good amount of attacking flair with both JMD and Dennis starting. And it's important that when we read this, you remember that we make these notes as soon as the team is announced. We don't go back and do any edits. No. We keep our original thoughts on the team. So you were going all along. You mentioned it last week. You were going. I made a very late call to come with you to the game yeah. uh, after debating it for the day. And Literally at like four or five o'clock that afternoon, it's like, I'm coming. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't deny it. So we managed to get in the ground a bit later than what we normally like to do. Yeah, literally walked in. We walked in, we took our seats as the O's had a corner. We didn't even get a chance to sit down. No, and if, if you remember. No, yeah. Because literally it. walked in and the ball comes in. Yeah, let's go through it. Fifth minute, JMD yeah. corner. Came to Dale Gorman as we were standing looking for our seats or looking for Four two seats seat. together. Yeah. He played it back to JMD on the right wing. JMD put in a peach of a cross into the back post where Dan Happy easily beat his marker easily beat his man got higher and headed in from close range and it was 1-0 yeah we weren't even sitting down by this point so that was great a great start for us it was almost 2-0 just 3 minutes yeah, later really so was. we were the good luck charms hopeful on ball again from JMD so JMD obviously back in the side really looking to create give that bit of attacking flair that you could argue it's been missing over the last couple of games his long ball is one of those perfect balls which lands in between the defender and the goalkeeper and the defender isn't quite sure what to do with it so the defender wants to head it back didn't get enough power on it. James Alabi was there. To be fair, I think Alabi done fairly well there. Done everything right. Got his header over the keeper. Just not enough power. And the defender ran back. Cleared it. Yeah. Cleared it. That was unlucky. As it was going in. Very brave of Alabi though. Because you've seen players get clattered and back out of those challenges. Alabi straight through <clears> to and be tried fair, to get his goal. 
I think their keeper would have bounced off a Larby if that had happened. Yeah, I, I think agree. I think it'd have been like a tank versus a mini in that race. <laughs> um, James had the pace on him and he had the power. I don't think he'd have come off bad there. I think the whole ground was willing that to go in for a Larby for the whole ninety minutes. The ground were willing a Larby to score. And James Alaba will come into conversation very Much later soon. on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just before half time, though, Dal Gorman fouled Isaac Hutchinson with a cheeky little barge. Um, but Hutchinson got up, pushed Dal over right in front of the referee. And as uh, Dal Gorman was shown a yellow card for the initial challenge, and challenge, Hutchinson was shown a straight red, given his marching orders just as the referee blew the half-time whistle about a, second, a few seconds later. I mean, that was an idiotic thing for the guy to do in front of the ref. I, th- I think your note there is a little bit... I think that was a little bit harder than what we saw it as. Um, I was what, speaking to Dave Victor after. Yeah, that yeah, challenge Gorman. was a little bit naughty. Yeah, it was very naughty. Yeah. It was naughty, but it wasn't worth us sending off. It was to antagonise the player. And it worked a treat. You'll yeah. never get something off of giving someone a cheeky shoulder barge, a hard barge over. Yeah. But it's worked because they are essentially he's got Hutchinson sent off. And fair play to Hutchinson after the game, he tweeted <coughs> saying he'd never been so embarrassed in his life for his actions. So, you know, he'll hold his hands up and say he made a mistake. But at that point, 1 0. At half time, you're thinking we're cruising this, really. I was like, no, don't send him off. We're not good against <laughs> 10 men. But, um,. I thought we were much the better team. Even though Southend had made eight changes, we'd obviously made a number as well uh, of changes as well. I thought OG had been amazing. We've not really mentioned him because we're only briefly covering Very briefly this game. Covering. Shadrach OG was immense in that first half. He 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 got nutmegged. I don't. I think it was first half. He got nutmegged, but then turned around and won the ball back off the guy. He he had two on one at, at one point because their right back and their right winger was were coming on to him. But he read the game so well and his positioning was really good. And they couldn't get the better of him. He was a very solid, very solid left back in that third. Do you remember us chatting? Yeah, I thought, he, I, I thought he was fantastic. I thought that Southend pinpointed him in the first 10 minutes. I agree. He'd be the weak spot. And it became evident very quickly that he was going to be no pushover. And I thought he had a great 90 minutes. Maybe in the first half we noticed him more because he was playing literally right in front of us. Where we were sitting is pretty much identical to where the left back is. Mm-hmm defending from he was immense so yeah first time I'd seen him uh, in action I thought he was absolutely spectacular he was attendance was 1,562 that's 1,562 and 308 away fans not a bad Tuesday night following really no not for the leasing.com trophy when you see other stadiums pretty much 400, 500 no really good attendance so one change at half time as Miles Judd was taken off he was replaced by Sam Ling in 53 minutes on the clock, then probably the biggest talking point, and you've all seen it, or you probably would have seen it, is Dal Gorman free kick is headed towards goal by Matt Harold. And with the ball going into the post, or maybe into the side netting, James Alabi, James Alabi dives in and somehow heads the ball back across the goal into the safe hands of the South End United keeper. Now, Bless James Alabi for trying. <laughs> Bless you for trying. But I see it harder. He's made it harder in doing what he's done than actually just nodding it in. At the time, in the ground, you didn't really know what happened. It was quite hard to see. Like it, I thought the ball hit the post and Alabi had headed it back into the keeper's arms. When you see it back on TV, <clears throat> it does look pretty bad. and it's, <laughs> It will go viral, I think, this week at some point. Like Soccer AM picked up on it yesterday. Oh, did they? And they tweeted from their own account, and that's had a lot of views. And it doesn't look good for Alabi. No. Because on TV, it looks like it was actually sneaking in. And Alabi's essentially cleared it. 
off the line back to their keeper. Again, you can't fault his work rate, but his effort and endeavour and his determination is always at 100%. But he just has this knack of just being like <laughs> a calamitous guy. Chaos, and I think I, Nigel I love described him, him as. Chaos, yeah. So that's what his word for him. When right, he was Nigel on the podcast, right, yeah. chaos. And like Tasmanian devil, like just running around everywhere and just sort of bulldozing through things and just making a bit of a mess. But I hope, I hope that he finds his feet and gets a chance and comes good. I think, unfortunately, that clip will be James Alabi's legacy at Leighton Orient. I hope it's not. But I think when he leaves the club, whether it's in January or in the summer... I think that's what Larby will be remembered for. Yeah. And, you know, you can't fault his worry and what will come on to it. I thought he actually had a pretty decent game other than that. But yeah. we digress in the 66th minute. Lee Angle came on and replaced Louis Dennis. Yeah, a bit of pressure from South End. See Sam Sargent make a good save, got down nice and quick. He and I did, said, yeah. I saw Sam as he was leaving the ground and I said, You did well there. I said, Because. You're a bit, he's a big guy he's like a tall boy so to get down quick and, and, and be decisive about that was, was, was really good and he just said he felt really good about doing that and he was quite comfortable doing it which is why good. that all happened uh, he made that save from Brandon Goodships uh, he was a substitute that was made um, earlier in the game but in the 74 in, in the 74th minute but then fast forward to the 81st minute and Simon Cox put in put a good opportunity wide from close range he'd Simon Cox had come in and been quite dynamic and was was He's, he's a good player, Simon Cox. Um, and at this point, Southend have been stepping it up and putting us under the cosh a bit, despite them only having 10 yeah. men. They didn't play like they'd only got 10 men. So credit to them in that regard. I think Simon Cox made a bit of a difference in that regard. Well, he's their, he's their forward. He's starts their league. He's, he's not clever a squad player. player. Yeah, yeah, but he's, cle- he's a clever player. His positioning, his vision, his reading of the game is, is actually pretty good. Yeah, 84th minute. Craig Clay came on to replace JMD, so I think Ross just wanted to shore up the back line there. And in the 90th minute, a counter-attack for the OCs, Lee Angle, drive <coughs> forwards, and suddenly we had a 3 on 2 as a counter-attack, so obviously Southend looking for the equaliser. So Lee, done really well, played it into James Alabi, on the, onto his right-hand side, who done well, took two touches, passed it back into Dal Gorman's path, and Gorman took the shot on first time, bent a lovely shot past the Southend keeper, and he made it 2-0 as the O's wrapped up the game. And the points in the group, which meant we had a clean sheet to heap more misery on South End as the full time whistle went and more pressure on their manager who was relieved of his duties on the following Friday. So after the game, the bearded legend caught up with Mr. Embleton very quickly, and here's what Ross had to say. Ross, thanks for joining us. Uh, a good run out for some uh, players that haven't actually had much game time. What were your thoughts on tonight's game? I was pleased. Um, I think the game sort of panned out as I would have thought it might in terms of I knew we could impose ourselves on a certain way and I knew how we could hurt Southend and I thought we went about that in the right way and, and executed that particularly in the first half then I knew that at times in the second half because they were chasing the game a little bit we would have some hairy moments um, we were quite an ex- inexperienced team tonight but you know I thought we um, we rode our difficult times within the game and come through it so I think overall quite pleased I think mean, you know the fact that they've had a like you say a run out but at the same time in a very competitive environment in a, you know, in a, in a derby if you like and, yeah. and all those sorts of things it adds more to just you know, them, the boys playing in a reserve game or you know working in training you still want to win at South End there sort of, of arguably our big I rivals in, really whenever you, you come that. up against South End you want to win yeah. it, is. it doesn't matter who it is what age group it is what team it is you want to get a result and I think I keep looking at it as if we hadn't won tonight it would have been you know 
would have been a, certainly a downer from my point of view, but from everybody's point of view. So I think it was important that we um, we went about the competition in the right way, which we certainly did, and I think the result warranted, warranted and reflected that. Absolutely, and there were a few stand-up performances tonight. Number Shadrach of them. Shadrach, I thought first half, I thought he was I thought he was excellent. Um, it's one of those things with Shad in terms of him being a left back whether or not that ends up actually being his position but he's age he's athletic um, he's got the attributes to play there uh, and I thought he was excellent first half and then it obviously naturally faded a little bit in the second half but that's, that's bound to happen because he hasn't played a, a huge amount of football and it's his first start in, in the first team uh, and then I thought across the pitch you know obviously you sort of become expectant of Marvin Dan but both still Young lads playing alongside each other. Frustrated for Juddy to have to come off at half-time. What happened there? Uh, he was suffering some pains in his chest, so for okay. obvious reasons, you can't take a risk yeah. on that. Uh, Gormo and, and, and George, I thought, really paired up really well and you know showed some good discipline and put themselves around and give us what I thought they would in terms of putting their foot in and you know, sort of keeping us moving and such. And then the front four, I thought, always looked a threat. We, we, we probably on another day could have had a couple more, certainly. Um, looking forward to to Saturday now your old club Swindon bit of a score to it's going to be an interesting occasion um, obviously you know, not, a, not a period that I look back on with particularly fond memories so it's, um, for me it's really important that um, first of all the boys go out and put on a performance for us for, for the club for, 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 for themselves you know, it's got nothing to do with me and what, you know, what my thoughts are on, on the opposition but obviously it would be nice if we can go out and get a win uh, and selection headache has the players yeah. tonight given you that? You know, you have sleepless nights or early mornings, as it works for me, that I wake up early with something on my mind. But you'd rather that than be thinking, oh my God, who am I going to put in or how am I going to play him? I sort of laid that that challenge down to them tonight and I think they've certainly responded in a number of ways. So it's something I'm going to have to look at carefully before the weekend. Good stuff. Thanks, Ross. No Good luck. Me. So well done there to Mr Levy, who you've done very well there. That's the first time I've heard that. And thank you to Ross for the interview. Thanks to Elliot for uh, sorting out the press pass for our very own Mr Levy to conduct that interview. So your views on the Tuesday night yeah, game? Yeah, a comfortable game for us. Very impressed with Shadrach, uh, OG. I think he's one. Uh, he's the one I think that will play on Saturday. Obviously, we'll come on to that. And as <laughs> we know now, that wasn't the case. But nonetheless, he'll certainly be on the bench at least, which I got that right. Reese the game well. He's strong in his challenges. He's got good positioning. I think he's an all-round good talent. Other standouts were Sam Ling, uh, Marvek Pateta, jo- uh, Dan Happy and George Marsh. I thought they all did very, very well. Um, I mean, you know, everybody did well, but for me, a couple, you know, a few standouts there. I thought we played some good football at times. We defended well when we were up against it and dealt with Southend's uh, threats. And, uh, yeah, well done. Yeah, for me, you? I really enjoyed that, to be honest. I didn't think I, I would, and I wasn't planning on going, but I made the call and a lot of people didn't go, um, which is... Fair juice because of the competition, but yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought we always looked pretty comfortable. Once Dan Happy put us one up, we were in control. Like I said, where we were sitting, which was on the south end, south south, south stand side of the pitch, yeah. we had a perfect view of Ogie in the first half. I thought he was great. I also thought Marsh was very good. Marsh, for a young man, was very influential in dictating where players were going and communicating and shouting. Thought that was really good yeah. to see that. He impressed me, to be obvious. Good talker, isn't he? We, really good. We, we spotted that. Yeah, and yeah, some yeah. nice little passes and getting stuck in. And not, bo- not easily shoved off the ball. He's quite strong as He's well. He's very strong. Yeah, a good yeah. player. Uh, they're sending off, like we said, obvious. No choice for the ref. Always going to be a red. But if Harold's header went in, or if Alabi didn't clear the Harold header, we might have gone on to put three or four past them. I thought that we would have destroyed him after that. But 
you know, wasn't to be. Simon Cox, like you said, good player, made it a bit nervy for us, but we kind yeah, of saw that through, weathered the storm. Gorman's goal was very good, good finish. Yeah, really good. You know, right he's in front of us. Scored a few good goals in pre-season, so good to see him there and good to see an assist from Alibi as well. And yeah, all in all, I'd say yeah, good night for Ross and the boys. And the squad players have done very well. So, you know, you said Ogie, you thought he might start on Saturday. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Marsh wouldn't have done his chances any harm. Gorman, again, wouldn't have done his chances any harm. So those players really making a good impact. Absolutely. So those were our views. Um, on to your views now. A huge amount of feedback uh, after this match. So thank you to everybody uh, who sent in their views to us. Uh, again, we'd, we'd try and read out as many as we can, but just because we read them, it doesn't necessarily mean that we agree with them. So we start this week with at Boatsy, who says, always nice to beat Southend, no matter what competition. We played so well. Shadrach was unbelievable. Yeah, he was very good. And Matty, LFC Evans, says, always nice to beat the rivals. Proof tonight, our squad depth is where it needs to be. Marsh should be a serious consideration for starting on Saturday. As should young Ogie. I love to hear people back up their arguments to replace Mr. Embleton, but for me, he needs to be made official. Dan Alton2590 said, Looks good on the stream, except for the last 20 25 minutes. Our game management against 10 men and an atrocious 10 men at that worried me a bit in the second half. Got through the rocky spell though, and a win's a win, especially against that. Yeah, absolutely. Rich P242 says, Ogie and Happy were superb. Absolutely tired of giving Alibi a go though. The crowd were actually laughing at some points when he fell over on Miss Sitters. It's not funny anymore. I think that's a bit harsh with Alibi. I only think he. There was a couple of things. I didn't think he missed any sitters though. No, there wasn't a sitter. Obviously, like we've covered the Harold header where he heads off the line. I don't think there were any sitters that he's missed unless I missed them. And he got an assist. He'd done well. I'd rather have a, a player who battles for you like Alibi does and is interested and is 100% given his graft than a player with better ability but will give you 50% mm. all the time Alibi's heart is always in it Jagsy1979 said OG was, in, was immense I'd play him there in, in his natural position and allow Brophy to play further forward we were guilty of switching off a bit in the second half against 10 men great assist from Alabi but most of the time I'm not sure if he works hard or he's just hard work that's a fantastic synopsis of James Alabi yeah. fantastic there well done Dean and at Chris Kane underscore 1992 says while Southend were very out of sorts you can only beat what's in front of you I thought Marsh and Gorman linked really well midfield and agree about Ogie obviously other tweets coming in saying how good he was a bit scrappy at times but it's minutes in the legs and a win and can't ask for any more. It's a good point about Gorman and, uh, and and Marsh. I thought they did do very well there. Yeah, I did think they did well. Final word this w- on this game goes to Orient Fan TV, who said everyone has their thoughts regarding this tournament uh, and in brackets the B team boycott. But fans who went tonight saw a good team performance with some standout performances from OG Marsh and quite a few others against the very poor South End team. And well done to Ross, Danny, Joby and the team yeah so of all matches we did run our prediction league and well done to at LOFC08 at Sue underscore Manx at irockenback 72 at Wallaad and at Alan Reeves 2 who all predicted 2-0 and get 3 points but well done to Steve Chaplin 4 at Stephen Orient and at Alan ABM 1502 who predicted 2-0 and 1 scorer so they got 4 points so we'll have a full prediction league table round up at the end of the podcast. Nice stuff there. So then moving on then to Wednesday the 4th of September as that South End wrapped up. Quiet day at the club, but we took the time and the bold move yeah. of updating our logo. It's been five years that we've had our <laughs> Keep Calm <laughs> Listen to the Outlook podcast logo since we started back in 2014-15. 
and we're now in the 1920 season. So if you haven't already seen it, check it out. Twitter, Facebook and Instagram are our socials. And a huge, huge, huge thank you to the very, very talented Elliot Christie. Um, who came up with this uh, for us. We've a bit of to and fro and backwards and forwards with it all, uh, but we think uh, it's fresher, nicer, reflective of what we do, um, and we're very proud of it, very yeah. pleased with it. Absolutely, and although the logo has changed, our slogan remains exactly the same. Correct. Keep calm. So Thursday, the 5th of September, and at 5pm, the club published a firmly worded statement from Chairman Nigel Travis about racism and football, which will sum up with the following final sentence from Nigel's statement. And he went on to say, racism is a curse on our society and we at Leighton Orient will do everything we can to help eradicate it as fast as possible. Yeah, another brilliant statement from the leader of our club. Uh, well done, obviously, we all support this. Um, and yeah, I think just Nigel just leads from the front very, very well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually finally reading that Challenge Culture book. It's good, isn't it? Thoroughly enjoying it. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as what I am. I'm obviously never going to be... CEO of a company and I've kind of don't say that you might be I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be so I thought most of the book wouldn't be relevant but I think it's a great you're a people manager I am but so that's relevant possibly but it's a great you're a leader of sorts because you're managing their team thank you mate yeah it's a good shout I'm really enjoying the book if Mm. you've read it um, well done if you haven't read it I would thoroughly recommend it mm. and Nigel can give me the money after uh, <laughs> check please Mooney Friday then the 6th of September yeah so the club put forward its nominations for player of the month and for goal of the month for August as follows so player firstly the four nominations were Lee Angle James Brophy Sam Ling and Josh Wright and the winner by a considerable amount do you agree with those four could that have been anybody different I know it's not in the plan but just um, probably agree with those four. I actually think Josh Wright for me probably sneaks it because the goal for Chelsea against the Chelsea Cheltenham. goal, the Crawley goal, um, and I think he's been a bit more influential in matches than what Brophy has. Unless I'm wrong, I think Brophy has got an assist against Salford, and that's it. Mm. Unless I'm wrong, and I could I, I could be wrong. Um, but Brophy won by quite a considerable amount. I think he took forty-seven percent of the vote against the other three. I think Angle got scored very lowly, and Angle's had a good month. But yeah, I'd agree with that. Scored, scored against uh, got two Mansfield, goals, yeah, didn't he? and then against and Crawley. So Crawley, yeah. yeah, well done to Mister Brophy. I'd probably yeah, I'd agree with that. You yeah, um, yeah, a difficult one. I, I think I agree with you in that Josh Wright's impact I think has been greater than than, than Brophy's. But I think they are worthy winners, uh, worthy uh, nominees, actually. I think Sam Ling's had a good start yeah. to the season. I think Liangol with his goals as well. Um, yeah, I, yeah. but again, it's out. It's who the public thinks. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's all fair enough. Who else could you have potentially had? I, um, have I don't think there's anyone that has been particularly standout. Uh, maybe JMD uh, would have been fifth if you'd have had five, been able to have five. But... By and large, just because he's a good impact player, but I think by and large, he's not had the same impact that Josh has had. No, so probably I don't think he would have won that. Goal of the month then. So the nominations were Josh Wright for his goal against Cheltenham, Connor Wilkinson for his goal against Manfield, Mansfield, and Lee Angle for his goal against Mansfield, or Josh Wright's goal against Crawley. So I, think, I think Josh Wright's goal against Crawley is the best goal out of the four, but... But there's more than just the actual technique of the goal, yeah. so I think it's clear if you hadn't, if you hadn't known who this winner was, that that it was going to easily be Josh Wright for his goal yeah. against Cheltenham. Yeah, so, so well done to James. Well done, boys. 
and Josh. Obviously, that goal Josh right against Charlton meant a lot more than just a standard goal and everything that wins with it and the celebration and the whole emotion. So, yeah, really good. So, later in the day, Jamie Turley. Remember Jamie Turley? I do. Defender from last we signed season. him for another season, didn't Decent we? Decent player. Yeah. yeah, he's all right. So, Jamie Turley took to social media in the afternoon as he tweeted, finally home from Aspire Healthcare in Leicester after a successful operation on my groin injury following two unsuccessful steroid injections. Looking forward to getting back at it. So from us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers, we hope your recovery goes well, Jamie. And I think Ross mentions Turley in his post-match interview against Swindon that we have for you very, very shortly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Speedy recovery there. Saturday the 7th of September, then the youth team were in action against AFC Wimbledon, the under-18s in particular. Unfortunately, they lost 7-2, so unlucky to the young O's there. Yes, moving on into the main event as it was Swindon Town at home in League 2 and it was also kids for a quid down at Brisbane Road. So as always, we ran a Twitter poll before the game to find out how you thought the O's would get on and after 191 votes in 24 hours, you thought, well, 47% of you, always the majority, slightly lower than we win. It's usually 200 and something, isn't it? Peaks and drafts, I think, yeah. friend. 47% saying Orient would win. 29% thought a draw. And 24% thought Orient would lose. I remember the days in the National League where it was 90% Orient win, <laughs> 80% Orient win. But as always, Thank you. I think that only happened once or twice. Your votes, yeah. And thank you to Energy Bet, who we ran a competition with prior to the game, as they kindly provided two pairs of hospitality tickets. So well done to Lee Barton and Stuart Futter, who were who were the lucky recipients, the lucky winners. We hope you had a great day. And I think they tweeted. Yeah, both tweeted nice photos of Ross being interviewed in the. Um Legends Lounge and yeah, great day. So the eighteen eighty one thing because that's. Upstairs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it looked great in there. So yep. well done. Hopefully, we'll have more competitions to run with Energy Bet in due course. Keep an eye on our Twitter account, which is where we do our competitions with Energy Bet. So at two p.m., the team was announced as follows: from Gold Dean Brill at the back, we had Samling, Marmalek Patessa, Josh Coulson, Dan Happy, and Joe Woodowson in midfield. Craig Clay, Josh Wright, and James Brophy, and up top. Connor Wilkinson and Lee and going on the bench. Obviously, have the seven: Sam Sargent, Shadrach Ogie, uh, George Marsh, Dal Gorman, the JMD, Louis Denny, Louis Dennis, <laughs> and Matt Harold. Yeah, Joe Widdison returned to the team as you'll notice following a rib injury in a lineup that looked as though the O's had reverted back to a five-three-two formation after switching to four-two-three-one on Tuesday night. Shadrach Oji also earned a place on the bench in place of James Alabi following his man of the match performance against Southend. For Swindon Town, former Orient uh, defender Matthew Baudry uh, is in the lineup as his joint top scorer for League 2, Ian Doyle, yes. the danger man. So for me, a decent lineup, but I must say I was a little disappointed to see five at the back. Right. Because for me, it stifles our attack and we've obviously gone to five at the back because Swindon have been free scoring. So I thought that we kind of mended our tactics based on our opponents which is never a good sign you play your strongest 11 to your strengths rather than what's coming at you but with Swindon doing so well I think that's probably playing on Ross's mind um, as always good options on the bench and good to see Shadrach in the match day squad for me you? yeah um, good to have Woodison and Coulson back I think we need that experience against the team that are doing fairly well at the moment or were doing well and we'll need the experience uh, to stop Swindon hope they are fully recovered I hope they haven't sort of just been rushed back um, would it have been worth starting J&D or Dennis just for a bit more attacking 
my dilemma is who would you take out of the side from Clay or Wright, or would you swap Marsh in for Brophy? I guess time will tell. What we we shall see um, sort of how this game pans out. So obviously this is written prior to uh, kickoff. Yeah, absolutely. So before the match, a minute's applause in memory of Dave Knight was impeccably observed. And well done the club for sorting out. Actually, I think that was only announced Great. about twenty minutes before the match that I saw it anyway. Really, really well played there. And the match kicked off with the O's looking to beat high-flying Swindon Town at a very busy and very windy, a bit chilly, Brisbane Road. It was chilly if you are in shorts and a T-shirt. Yeah. Absolutely, was, mate. <laughs> Exciting first few minutes as Swindon came at us and got two corners. We countered. We hadn't really settled and turned over possession far too easy. I think we just needed to calm down. They came at us like a steam train, uh, basically 100 miles an hour, and I think we just got caught up in that whirlwind a little bit, and I think we just needed to settle down a bit. Straight away, they were, you could see they were confident, they were passing, they were moving, they seemed to have every challenge, seemed to, there seemed to be two of them to one of our players. And I was talking to uh, Michael Ingle at half-time, who sits in the south and he pointed out, and I did see this, but Mike, Michael saw a bit more of it, that Dean Ball got the ball quite early on, and Brophy said to him, just keep the ball. Just keep it. Don't rush. Just take your time. And Brill got it, just lobbed it up the pitch. And we gave up possession straight away again. And the midfielders were struggling early on to deal with what was going on. They were all trying to get to where they should be and they weren't having time to adjust because when they kept getting it and moving it around. So well seen there, Michael. But yeah, we started very poorly and they started very well, I think, yeah. is, a, is a way to sum up the first 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, first shot for us came in the 16th minute from Connor Wilkinson. Uh, that went wide. Uh, There's some good build-up play that led to that as well. Yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, you couldn't convert there. So it was coming. And Swindon took the lead in the 22nd minute following a free kick, which started just outside our box. So Keshi Anderson stepped up. He took his free kick. The wall done its job. The ball came back to Anderson. Showed some nice little footwork just outside the area. Yeah. And he controlled the ball, put it back into the box, and it evaded everyone and ended up going into the bottom right-hand corner of Dean Brill's net and it was 1-0 to Swindon I think anyone gets a header on that that goes over the bar oh he's just put it he's not aimed for that bottom corner he's just put it in there hoping someone correct someone nicks it in and we've seen that happen it always happens in yeah. football it goes in quite an unlucky goal I think Brill is probably going to be criticised or is criticised later on I think for the first goal I think there's nothing Brill can do with that it comes through a sea of bodies into the bottom corner you could argue that the midfield should be more quicker to push out and put Anderson under a bit more pressure yeah. if there's any criticism to be had yeah. but I wouldn't criticise Brill for the first goal yeah fair enough um, probably they would feel that's quite deserved as well for their effort and endeavour yeah. uh, tame effort from James Brophy is collected easily by, uh, by Luke McCormick in the 25th minute and I thought that's a shame actually because if he'd have put his laces through that or position or placed that better in either corner because it opened up really nicely for him and he's just sort of scuffed it and it's just easily gone to McCormick. So, never mind. Yeah, that was kind of the first one opening but an easy easy save yeah. for McCormick in the goal. And then Dean Brill went down for treatment in the 28th minute but he was fine to carry on and two minutes later he had to be sharp and get down quickly to stop a shot from Yates as we'd been card over again too easily. Yates Way got into a great easy. position. Good save there from Brill. Had to get down low and quickly. It was a hard shot. He done well to push it away and to get the ball out of danger but Swindon now looking to get the second but again they just seem to be steamrolling past us and challenges for so were part they? were non-existent yeah. like you couldn't see them like there was no one near the players and you're like come on this is 11 v 11 where, where are our defence and where are our midfield um, it was just too easy for Swindon they, they yeah. you know their manager would be thinking we need a second here because Orient aren't going to play this poorly in the second half so we need to wrap this up 
as soon as we can because they were having space and they were basically just not taking the mick but I think it was very easy for Swindon in the first half at that point Two minutes later though so now we're talking about in the 32nd minute roughly just over the half hour mark Keshi Anderson again found himself open having beaten the offside trap and was able to attack our right hand side which came to nothing as he shot over Um, we still hadn't got into this game which is concerning um, and also, just to point out, we're just over half hour, half half an hour into this game, and really all we've spoken about is Swindon possession, maybe one ch- and one chance for us. It's a couple of chances for us. It's you know we've we've skipped a lot out because we're not going to bore people to tears and relive the whole thing like minute by minute or second by second. No, but I think by and large, there isn't really a lot of Orient to talk about. It's all when you've got Swindon, as Orient fans will know, when you've got Baldry in your defence, you build from the back. And that's what Swindon were doing. Whereas we were, yeah. more often than that, forward. just lumping it forward. Which he dealt with, Baldry. He was winning the headers over Angle. Which they all dealt with. I think, you know, we were hunting up the field a lot, looking for Wilkinson and Angle. I don't really think Angle's the man to win you headers up front. Doesn't seem like that's his game. He's a feet guy. Wilkinson was not winning much, if anything. So we were literally getting the ball, booting it back up the field. Swindon were having the ball again, coming back at us again. We were booting the ball back up the field, repeat, repeat. Repeat, um, essentially, in the 34th minute, Samling was fouled outside their box. It was a really good position here, I thought. It was just outside their box on the right-hand side. Brophy stepped up, poor delivery, and the ball went wide and the chance was gone. Referee didn't really like giving free kicks to anybody. There was quite a few blatant free kicks that he should have been giving uh, that, that we weren't getting, so that's a bit of a wasted chance for us. It was a massive wasted chance, but again, you could say the referee wasn't giving free kicks, but if, if he's not giving free kicks, then surely we go in harder and do the same. So we, there was a few times where, yeah, swimming challenges were a bit heavy, but surely we go heavy as well then. Yeah, we don't, exactly. we don't it. keep not going heavy in fear of giving a foul away because... The referee isn't giving it, yeah. so you've got nothing to lose. 38 minutes on the clock then, Lee Angle was booked for a late challenge. A minute later, Connor Wilkinson saw an effort of his go over the bar. Yeah, 41st minute. So Swindon made it 2-0 as the impressive Lloyd's growth. I thought you had a really good game. I'm sure we'll pick up on a few tweets later. Picked up the ball. Um, inside our half from the left hand side he managed to run from the left hand side to the right hand side just outside of our box he passed to Rob Hunt who curled across into the box it deflected off Joe Williamson and ended up flying in at the near post past Dean Brill and it was 2-0 now from where we sat it looked like Brill either thought that wasn't going to go into his net or was very slow to react on TV it looks a bit faster and it looks a bit harder to read. But could Brew have done better there? Possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. We've been really poor this half though, so it's not it's not what we're used to seeing from our side either. Like stopping crosses, stopping the man from running from the width of our box, like twenty odd yards, you know? It's it's just not us. No, I mean it was it was it's coming really out of sorts. It yeah. was coming, it was definitely coming, and at 2-0 you think, well, you, we just need to get in at half time here. But you also, on reflection as well, you think they had a lot of possession, a lot of huff, a lot of puff and endeavour. But really, Dean Brill didn't have an awful lot to do throughout that half. He's picked the ball out the back of the net twice. Uh, sorry, so, uh, as we are now. He's made maybe one other save, but that's it. They've not really like been peppering the goal. They've just had a lot of, lot of possession. It's more than what Ross McCormick has done in his one P-roller save. Luke. Luke. Yeah. yeah, Ross McCormack's a striker. Yes, he absolutely <laughs> is. So 2-0 down. I think we'll all be disappointed with that. And again, will, yeah. lots of tweets coming in after um, about the second goal and about Dean Brewer's performance. So four yeah. minutes 
of additional time added. And in the first additional minute, things go from bad to worse as Swindon scored. And it was 3-0. And again, the impressive Lloyd Isgrove broke for Swindon. He drove forward. He drove very much forward. Uh, passed to Jerry Yates, who cut the ball back onto his right with a good first touch. Sent Joe Wilderson to the floor. And then Cooley finished. Slotted the ball, the ball past Dean Brill. And it was 3-0. And I would say most of us at that point was absolutely stunned. Because I don't I didn't see Didn't someone didn't that people leave at at this point? Yeah. A few people left. We had tweets and DMs and WhatsApp messages into us, people leaving. Um, they just had enough. But for me, again, there's not much I think Brill could have done with that, but I think we've given Isgrove the freedom of our half for the most part. Yeah. There's no real challenge, we just backed off, backed off, backed off. He's played a simple pass. Um into Yates. Who's finished well? 3 0. Job done, game yeah. over. It's another attack that we've not defended and allowed them to waltz into our box and score far too easy, making it look like Brazil versus Andorra in the yeah. World Cup. You know what I mean? In the World Cup qualifying type game, it's just like, it's not us, it's just not the team that we're used to seeing. The, the, the full time, the half time whistle, sorry. I will say though, Go on. you know, you mentioned they don't have to do much, but that's what good teams do. With their chances, they take them. Correct. And they finish them. So Brazil hasn't had much to do outside of the save but he's picked the ball out isn't it three times that just shows when they're getting chances one deflection and one cross come shot yeah. and then the other goal is just a well worked goal so I will say fair play to Baldry who didn't celebrate any of Swindon's goals and pretty much when they scored their third every outfield player was celebrating in front of the away fans and Baldry just stood in the area just like wiping his nose yeah, well, he was in position, ready for a kickoff yeah. again, wasn't he? Yeah. But just shows you the class of Matthew Baldry. So the halftime whistle went shortly after with the O's training 3 0 to a rampant Swindon Towns. I'd say most half times we normally get two One or three or two. tweets. Yeah. We don't ask for tweets at half time. We didn't ask for tweets at this half time. But as you can imagine, with the account that we have, with the engagement that we encourage, we had a we shed had a load. A we had a shed few. load of tweets. We're not going to read all of them out at half time, but we'll read five. Out a few, so I am underscore MO. So sometimes you just come against a team better than you, but this formation isn't working. Way too deep, inviting Swindon on. Five at the back and two holding midfielders have just invited Swindon to us, and all we are doing is defending and smashing it along to centre halves who have their cigars out. <laughs> Bukan JP said half time, and the score probably reflects the performance. Having said that, two lucky goals. We have been second best all afternoon and we look lethargic from the first minute and only one team wants to win this. Inspirational words from Ross are needed at half-time. Dave M1812 says, Terrible, wrong formation, can't tackle, can't pass. Only outlet is to lump it up to strikers who are getting embarrassed, sorry, getting outnumbered and outfought. This could get embarrassing in the second half. George underscore LOFC said, Played a few games with 4-4-2 and played well. Then we switched to five at the back. What's the logic? Yeah, Kids Absent O's is comprehensively outplayed by a better side. It's going to happen this year. Quite a lot. Aim this year is to survive. Always has been with this squad. Yeah, I think only one team goes down this year from League 2. I think because of the Berry expulsion. So, I don't think it's going to be... No, well, we're quite way ahead of that. I think Scunthorpe, who are bottom, so I don't. I, I, long way off. It's a marathon, Absolutely. not a sprint. So we had a bit of a swollen crowd this week. Over seven thousand, seven thousand and forty-two fans packed into uh, into our ground this week with thirteen hundred and seven from Swindon. Very solid. You could hear them as I was walking up. You could hear them already. I was like, oh, it's going to be a great atmosphere today. But as always, whenever we have these like kids for a quid, match for a fiver or whatever, we're giving a like massive ticket giveaway and the crowd swell. 
we end up playing terribly. <laughs> we always do. Like, barring one game, I think, uh, last season, or two games last season, every other ticket giveaway or incentive always ends up with us playing well. badly. So, message to the club, stop doing it. Uh, one change at half-time, as Happy is replaced by JMD as the O's change formation from 5-3-2 to 4-4-2. Yeah, so in the second half, Swindon still having a lot of the ball, and it was almost 4 and it was in the 51st minute. Lord Isgrove smashed a shot, I think, from just outside the area, which had Brill beaten and hit the bar. I think if that fourth had gone in, we would have seen a huge exodus yeah. out of the stadium, but wasn't meant to be. But Isgrove at that point, ran the first half, continuing to run the show in the second half yeah 52 minutes on the clock then a chance for us as Josh Wright picked the ball up deep in our half ran unchallenged towards Swindon's goal he got into the area and chipped the ball goalwards but Swindon cleared through Rose and it looked like JMD was going to head uh, get on the end of that but unfortunately he didn't you could tell already with JMD at this point already that we were looking a bit more threatening yes. attacking wise a bit faster direct a bit more intensity to the plane and the 59th minute second sub for the O's it's Craig Clay was replaced by Dow Gorman and in the 65th minute it's the final sub for Orient as Liangol is replaced by Louis Dennis. There was a few surprised looks. A lot of Angle came off. Someone did point out though that Angle had already had a booking. So maybe it was because of the booking or maybe he was carrying an injury yeah. of sorts. We don't know. But a lot of um, people in the South Stand voiced their displeasure at that. Yeah. Um, they thought Wilkinson was worse than, than Angle. Or wasn't playing as well as Angle. Well, Angle's got really good good feet actually he's really good on the ball he's really comfortable on it as well and he takes the ball with him he's very difficult to get the ball off uh, as well whereas I think a lot of people felt that Wilkinson hadn't really not won his headers not you know had a couple of chances but nothing really came yeah, of it maybe so. the Wilkinson-Dennis partnership maybe having, having an angle and Dennis partnership they might be too similar to play with each other angle and Dennis possibly right. Yeah, that might be the thinking don't know next time we should ask Ross that yeah. Um, but yeah 67th minute the ball was in the back of the net for you and Doyle, but it was offside and not many appeals against that from their players, so it probably wasn't. I've not seen that back. And a good save by Dean Brill denied Swindon there full for a minute later as he saved from Anderson. So again, Anderson for them was having a very Doing good well, game yeah. at number 13. They had a few standout players actually. 73 minutes on the clock, then we almost pulled a goal back as Connor Wilkinson turned on the edge of the box and fired at goal on his shot. Unfortunately, hit the post. Yeah. First real shot, proper shot, and chance on goal for us. And that's the 73rd minute. So that's like 25 minutes into this, 28 minutes into the second. That was unlucky, that was, because their keeper yeah. was beat. He was going the other way. He was kind of beaten. I, I thought that got deflected, but I'm not sure. I've not seen it back, but their keeper was going one way. And that's just the luck you're having, you know, when you can see the deflected goal and a ball through a crowded area. Yeah. And now it's the post. But one minute later, we did pull a goal back. It's, the ball came to JMD just outside the box. He controlled the ball well with his first touch and then scored his second goal of the season with a delightful curler from the edge of the box. Gave McCormick no chance. Made it 3-1 to give us a bit of hope. But I'll say a fantastic finish there yeah. from JMD doing what we all know he can do and do it well. 76 minutes then. Dale Gorman was booked and two minutes later it was so close to 3-2. Connor Wilkinson won a header which nodded down to the oncoming Louis Dennis who smashed his effort on the volley first time. At goal, and it just went wide, only by a matter of inches. I thought that was a good effort, good set-up play. Um, just a bit unlucky. Quite, three yeah. or four inches the other way, that's a goal, 3-2, game on. I tell you what, if we, had we made it 3-2 in the 78th minute, that leaves Swindon holding on with 15 minutes left. And had that gone in, the ground would have been absolutely rocking. Yeah. Would have made for a very interesting last 15, but it wasn't to be. And in the 82nd minute, James Brophy done well, attacked their wing from the left. He crossed to the far post where Louis Dennis... And JMD are waiting. 
Dennis takes the ball, passes back to Josh Wright, who's shot wide. Yeah, much better from us now. Perhaps Dennis should have left it for JMD though for that one. He took it off his, uh, took it off. I think JMD was about to basically take Absolutely. the shot. Yeah. Um, never mind. Louis Dennis headed at goal from James D cross uh, from uh, from JMD's uh, cross, but McCormick did well and pushed out for a corner in the 84th minute. It was a good opportunity, good save by the keeper. I think Dennis does everything right there. McCormick just makes a good save. And again, if that goes in, they got to play the last five, ten minutes. Again, Backs against the wall, really. Backs them, against it? the wall, yeah. good save. But nothing I know to talk about for the rest of the 90 minutes. There's another five minutes of time added. Samling got booked in the 93rd minute and the full-time whistle went shortly after. As Despite a much better second-half performance, the O's can't come back as the game finished 3-1 to Swindon Town. So we weren't there yesterday to do post-match, but Dave Victor was, and Dave Victor spoke to us at Embleton, and here's what Ross had to say. Well, Ross, thanks for joining us. You were beaten by a good team, weren't you? Very good team, Dave. We knew that before, and I think I'm going on record of saying it this week, that we um, knew we were coming up against a team that were uh, very, very capable in this league, and I thought they um, they showed that on, on many occasions, certainly in the first half, and then at times again in the second. No doubt you were very concerned about the amount of possession they had in that first half. Yeah, it was something, um, I'll be brutally honest, something that I feel I got, I didn't get particularly right today. Um, felt like the way in which we set us up would, was going to be able to counteract some of the movements that we knew were obviously going to come into play from, from them today, but uh, that, didn't, that didn't work out. So I take full responsibility for the way that the first half panned out. And... Um, you know, know that, in, in, like I say, we knew that at times we were going to um, we were going to be without the ball because they were they were very comfortable. But um, I thought that we, uh, we we allowed that to happen on on a, on a few occasions in the first half. Despite all that possession, they didn't have that many chances, but their goals per chance ratio was very high. Yeah, and I think that's something that's probably happened a lot this year, Dave. I think um, I don't know exactly how it looks, but I think if I were to analyse the amount of opportunities that people have created or had against us, what they score from off the back of that hasn't been a great deal. So that's, um, I suppose you can look at it in, a, in two different ways. One is that we're not giving away too many chances, but when people get them, they're either taking them or we're allowing them chances that are, are too easy for them to score from. So it's obviously a concern. And you'll be disappointed with all those three goals out of the thought. Yeah, I haven't watched them back yet because they've come out quite quickly, obviously. But um, the first one looked to me like a cross-shot type thing. I thought we defended our box first. You know, first sort of, I don't know however long it was before they scored, but I thought we defended our box quite resolutely, to be honest. Had a number of corners when we kicked off and... I never really felt under a great deal of pressure. If anything, we had a couple of opportunities where we broke away and you know had the first sort of shots in the game. So that sort of crossy one to go in. I don't know exactly how it went in. You know where we where the blame lies, but unfortunately it found its way in the back of the net. And I think the second one took a deflection, or was it second or third? The one that took a deflection, I think, off a Joe and found itself in the top corner. You changed the formation for the second half. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, um, from from my perspective, um, you know, although it wasn't a great performance, I I felt as though I got it wrong today. Um, um, so felt as though we needed to address it at half time and obviously we had that discussion of what the best way to, to go about that was and how we felt we were going to get ourselves a little bit of stability to try and build our way into the game so 4-4-2 um, is not a particular formation we've used a great deal this year uh, other than in the latter stages at, at Salford and, and, and obviously you know, in terms of the, the second half improvement that was obviously something that we found found work to a degree The work weight and the ethics and the character was good in the second half as well Yeah and I think that's something I'd like to you know I've just said to the lads in there that we've been beaten by a better team today we've been dominated and it feels it hurts it hurts probably for the first time that we feel we've really been uh, put to the sword by an opposition um, so let's get over that
that. You know, try not to hang on to the disappointment too much. We need to learn from it. We need to analyse our individual performances, um, of which I can include myself in that. And then at the same time, what we look like as a team. And we, and we need to we need to try and find out a way of bouncing back. But I think the one thing you can't question about the group as a whole is that they, they continue to, to work hard and compete and, and, and try and give themselves an opportunity to, you know, at least either stay in, in the game or try to sort of get back in it a little bit. It was tough today. It could be tougher next week at Exeter. Yeah, I think so. I, I just said in there again, like you know, the, the, tonight, uh, today, sorry, and the next two are, are tough. The team's at the top of the league, but... My my, uh, my my pre-match team talk obviously didn't work, but the pre-match team talk before the game to the lads was these are the occasions where there's 1,400 away fans and the place is rocking that you, you should have wanted to be, been playing in. When we look back at that ugly blue kit that we had to wear sitting on the sideline last year and what we had to put up with some of the stadiums we had to go to, the reason we did it and, and we were successful was to get on platforms like today where we can go and compete. And, and, and unfortunately, we've uh, was not was not competed to the level that we would all would have hoped today. Those substitutes have got to be in your thoughts of the starting eleven next weekend now. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I suppose my to a degree, I feel disappointment for, for people like Dal Gorman and, and and Jordan Maguire drew and, and, and Louis Louis missed out today because of the change of shape more, more than anything else. I haven't been too uh, disappointed with his performances. It was the change of shape that led to him coming out of the team. But certainly when the three of them come on, mentioned in, in a change room at the end there that they all showed that character as the rest of the group did to to you know to have a have a go in the second half. What about injuries? Uh, Josh Coulson seemed to pick up a knock. Is Dan Happy okay? Yeah. You know, with Dan as well, again, at half-time, my, my reasoning behind him was that was to change the shape. I uh, felt that with Josh Coulson's leadership on there and, and Marv being right-footed on the other side, you know, led to Dan being taken off. But you know, my, my message to the lads at half-time was it, it could have been a number of anybody to, to come off, and unfortunately it was Dan. So no injury concerns on that front. Josh's one was a whack on the hand in the first half. So um, as far as I'm, I'm aware and as far as I'm concerned at the moment, there's no, no immediate concern over that. And finally for me, Ross, I understand uh, Jamie Turley had an operation last week. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think my last message to you at Salford was uh, Jamie would be joining in training on Monday so um, that was due to happen but it was it was assessed and analysed and we felt that it hadn't shown the improvement that we really wanted and he was in a very similar position to what, what Joby was before he went under the knife so the actual albeit you say operation the actual process or the follow up period off the back of that isn't always as um, as bad as it sounds because Jamie's fit and in good shape and been running his recovery process off the back of the operation we hope will be quicker than if he hadn't had it done thanks Ross thank you thank you there to Dave Victor for sending over his post-match interview with Ross Embleton so that defeat meant that the O's dropped to 17th in League 2 as we've now played 7 games with 1-2 drawn 2 lost 3 8 points and a goal difference of minus so your views on yesterday in Bearded Legend? Uh, outplayed by a better team, quite simply. They had a player in Lloyd Isgrove who was everywhere and making himself very busy running their attacks. They had midfielders who tried to stop us uh, from playing and a defender in Matthew Baldry who won the majority of the long balls we put into their box. They also had strikers who made good runs, giving our defence a really rough time. Their second goal was a deflection, but you could argue... Uh, that we should be doing better to stop the crosses and arguably for the first goal as well. That was a cross uh, that has found itself uh, in the top corner. Uh, we shouldn't be allowing them the time and the space in and around our box. You're going to get punished. 
This isn't the National League anymore. Not great goals from our point of view uh, to concede at all. Very open and honest that you've just heard there from Ross to say he made a mistake and it takes a big person to make that statement and say that openly that they've made mistakes. I don't think you really ever hear any manager say, I, I got that wrong, I made a mistake. So fair play and kudos to Ross. I think you'll always get that from him. Not our day, but we have a big task of going to Exeter next week who are running rampant at the top of our league. Are, so we'll yeah. need to be very well prepared and set up uh, and we'll need to get a strong start uh, to that game. But this is a marathon, not a sprint. I get WhatsApps from fans, uh, from fellow fans that, you know, that, you know, that I know that are saying, uh, Ross isn't good enough, Ross needs to go, we need a new manager and we need a new striker and this isn't right, that's not right. But seven games in... Um, if Justin was still the manager and this was what was happening, what would people be saying? What, Justin's got to go? Like, for, like just yeah, yeah. hypothetically you know, like yeah. thinking. Um, but yeah, that's not something that I want to dwell on too much because I think we'll come good and I think it's just going to take us a bit of time to get going. I do not think we'll be in a relegation scrap. I think we've got the quality of personnel to, to see us through to mid-table and I'd be quite happy with that for our first season. Nicely done. You? Yeah, I I thought we took a proper beating in the first half. I've got to be honest, from the first minute, we backed off them. And to their credit, I thought Swindon played really well. Um, their goal was coming, and although the first two goals were lucky, I thought they were quite deserved. Saying so that, we're much better in the second half. You could argue by then that Swindon's intensity has gone down a level because they're 3 0 up. Yeah. But, you know, had Dennis's shot gone in or his header, then it's game on for the last 10, 5 minutes. It would have been interesting, but, you know, I said it. When the team was announced, five at the back at home doesn't work. I don't think it's attacking enough for us. Um, and it seems like we played the system to contain Swindon rather than to highlight our strengths. Um, and you'd imagine after the game that JMD has to start on Saturday. You have to start at JMD. Yeah. Whether it's a 4-4-2 right. or it's a 4-3-2-1 or whatever system you play. You know, um, But first time, I think we can really say we've been outclassed this season in the league um, so as long as we learn from the defeat I think we'll be fine I think lots of outraged fans who don't think Ross is up to the job I disagree you know, agree like you yeah. only seven games in uh, fair play to Ross for his post-match interview you know took the blame but we have to stick together support the team you know as we look ahead to Saturday which will be a very tough game but you can argue they're all tough games because we're in a higher league than what we were this time last season Yeah. so all, all games are going to be tough. No one's going to come to Brisbane Road and go, oh, here you go, here's three points. Yeah, or take pictures of the stadium yeah, of and be in awe of it. You know, it's not, we're not like that anymore. Um, so we had probably a lot, the most amount of views in a long time, um, <laughs> mostly outraged. Uh, we've got a lot of variances here. There's quite a few views here. Um, there's a, quite a theme around um, formations and whatnot. Um, so yeah, some highly critical, some... Uh, more balanced uh, and whatnot, but we'll read quite a large selection of views from yesterday's game. So the Menace 1881 said, well, if we wanted to see where we were against decent opposition, I think we know now. Yeah, fair point. El Castaneto says, another anonymous 19 minutes from Wilkinson. And what does JMD have to do to start? Paul underscore Stokes 39 said, new manager and a new striker required at the very least. Well, there's no new striker coming in now until January, so... Got to make what you got. Ron yeah. Sampson, the 15, says, very negative lineup from Ross. We lack quality. JMD should be the first name on the team sheet of a relegation battle. Awaits, I think, going to be a tough season now. I mean, we've lost 3-1 to the team who, I presume, are third or fourth in the league now. 
It's not like we got trounced 6, 7, 8 nil At Bromley. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a 3 1 home defeat. Yeah, people are losing their minds a bit here. At Essex Biz says, I feel Ross is unsure of his preferred formation just yet or his best starting 11. I think that's a very, very good tweet. I agree with that. Good tweet there from Macca at George Nicholas underscore one. It says, we were out of our depth in the first half, but I do feel a big part of that was down to tactics. 4-4-2 from the beginning may have made it an even contest. In hindsight, you never know. We might have gone 4-4-2 on a different day and got a chance 5-0, 6-0. It's a problem. It's all mean? hindsight. It's a wonderful <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. George went on to say, absolutely gutted and wondering if we will actually learn from our mistakes this time. Orient underscore Viking said, 5-3-2 does not work. We need to stop trying to fit three centre-backs into the side. Pick a pairing and stick with it in a back four. What was the point in signing Marsh to not play him? Yeah, Trousers Techno says, you never, ever, ever play defensively at home and expect a result. Totally spineless formation. You bring the other team onto you and offer nothing offensively. Finished the tweet by saying hopeless. Oh dear, Walsh, you said the top of the National League and the top of League Two are miles apart. We clearly forgot this after last season. We're going to have to hand it to us now. Sorry, we're going to have it handed to us now and even then... Sorry, let me read that again. We're going to have it handed to us now and then this season and Swindon are easily one of the best teams in this league. All that matters is staying up, nothing else. Yeah, I think someone posted Chesterfield uh, yesterday, lost again. They're... they're you know, Sheridan's going that to could have easily be us. Have been us arguably same size club as Chesterfield you know so look where we are we're moaning about losing to Swindon not losing away from it being bottom yeah. of the National League underscore Shivan Patak says outplayed in the first half but in the second half there were positives I want to say JMD and Dennis both impressive in the second half switch into fight at the back definitely allowed us to pressure Swindon we must start like next time and we want to finish his tweet by saying Marvin is a warrior yeah Aldershot1974 said this season a decent result will be mid to lower table never in the relegation zone anyone thinking of the playoffs or promotion is living in never never land consolidate and build for 2021 today showed there is a lot of work to be done to be realistic promotion contenders yeah Billy Baker says I think both Angle and Wilkinson are very talented but they don't work well as a pair having one of them up front with players like Brophy JMD and Dennis supporting from the wings in the midfield I reckon will be a lot more effective good Re- point yeah Wrecker Blue App said we were all full today for most of the game almost like a training game between their attack versus our defence and our defence was poor. Not sure what Wilkinson is adding to the team. And we're far too lightweight with Wright, Gorman, Ling and Brophy. Poor all round. Very, very critical there from Paul. Ian Manet, Rene John. says far better with four at the back. Ross has to drop one of the centre-halves and make a decision. That's what management is all about. But Gorman did play well when he came on. I agree. Oxuch said we played five... At, I agree about the Gorman comment. We uh, Oxuch said we played five at the back to protect our goal and conceded three. We made the defence weaker by removing a defender and kept a clean sheet. There's some muddled thinking somewhere. Yeah, big ads, LOFC. This is my opinion. I'd be happy with mid-table this season and the current squad and leadership will give us that. If you want to achieve more than a few new players and new leadership will be required. Simple as that. But I'm still happy to be in the Football League. Les LK52 said, My thoughts. One, ditch 5-3-2. Two, Need to change personnel as we need to freshen it up a bit. Give Gorman, who looked good when he came on, and the Spurs loan a chance. Otherwise, why take him on loan? Three, uh, rest Clay. He looks uh, weary to me. And four, at least one or two of Dennis and JMD to start. What really concerned me today was Ross being slow to change things up. At 1-0, he should have seen we were being overwhelmed in midfield and changed the system and personnel then, not at 3-0. 
I'm happy to give him time, but he has to do better than that. Yeah, fair point. Now, Vince Howard, 73. Says, felt like the players taught Ross a lesson there. 4-4-2 was working to an extent, and then Ross decides to throw it out the window because he was frightened Swindon might score. But at least Ross has admitted he got it wrong. I mean, I'd be amazed if we go five at the back next week. I'd be very surprised if we go five at the back next week. And you've got to remember, next week we're playing the team who are top of the league. Scored three goals against Carlisle yesterday like good mm-hmm. goals as well not like rubbishy little tap-ins or anything like be that. interesting to see how we line up next week Spenno01 said totally second best in the first half Swindon looked league champions elect sadly we were second best for 70 minutes then once they tired we looked decent going to be a long season because we haven't adapted to league 2 yet uh, John Crab 3 says yet again it's like another inept display playing at 5-3-2 to prompt the change to a 4-4-2 <laughs> how many times went on to say I'm baffled by Brophy has pace to burn, but such a little impact with anything. I think, to be fair to Brophy, he's not a number 10. He's not a central midfielder, which is where he ended up in the first half. So, I don't know what people are expecting Brophy to do in his position. Surely you play your best players in their best positions to make sure they have the best impact in the game. Yeah. Steve underscore Hope said, showed them far too much respect. Formation first half didn't really work. Players looked a bit lost. Last 25 was much better. JMD made a brilliant impact when coming on. If you said we wouldn't have conceded more at half-time, I wouldn't have believed yeah. I wouldn't have believed you. We won the second half anyway, 1-0, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> only one team. So starting lineup was too negative, especially at home. Clay and Riot, too similar for me. Drop the first central midfielder and either play 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 and put someone in the middle who creates and pushes us forward. Long way to go, but time to change the blueprint and start to be less predictable. And again, you know, it's easy for all of us on Twitter and me and you to a certain extent to be football managers. Oh yeah, because it's no our opinions, yeah. you know. There's, and we're going retrospectively. We're absolutely. Looking at the game and yeah. saying, well, I would have done that, and I would have. But if, what will you do against Exeter next week? What will you do if they go one nil up? What will you do if they go two nil up? Or had we won the game, everyone's sitting there going, "Fantastic, well played, Ross." Going five at the back. Say we won one nil, we'd all be sitting there going, "Fantastic, master stroke there, Ross." One nil, spot on. Yeah, but because it didn't come <laughs> out that way. Yeah. Um, O's fan Basin said, "Sorry, Ross should have changed it after fifteen minutes, not forty-five. We could all see it." Great taking responsibility for mistakes, but 100 quid spent to watch the first 70 minutes. Yeah, cheers for that. Brill getting away with it today, also as everyone also as everyone was so bad. At Billy Herring 03, so said before the game it was the wrong formation and that was borne out. We have to play either 4 3 3 or 4 4 2, and Dennis has to start. For me, big decision between Ekpatessa and Happy, but I'd go with Happy due to his left right foot combination. Yes, I yeah, Coulson and then and then Happy makes makes uh, makes sense there, but it's a shame for for Marv though. Uh, Tom Davis E17 said we need to give Dennis and Marsh more of a go. Since Karoma left, we've lacked a creative outlook when switching from defense to attack and with our current formation leaving the midfield swamped, we're surrendering the initiative. And Paul Skinner 88 says I'm confused as why to Ross would go back to a 5-3-2. It's what was our doing at Mansfield. And I was also confused by the final sub. Wilkinson didn't do anything all game, yet it was Angle who went off, hoped to never see a 5-3-2 again, and hoped JMD and Dennis start for the foreseeable future. Steve Forkar said there will be better teams than us that we will face, and Swindon is one of those. We have to face it. We have a mid-table squad, which will be a good position for us 
uh, for us to finish. The club is learning and Ross is at the front of that. Nice sweet there from yep. Steve at Amishamo. says, we were on the back foot from the first minute and really poor at keeping the ball and that's just not down to the formation. Too many players ponderous on the ball and lacking pace and energy until JMD and Gorman came on when things looked better. Too late by then though. Thought that was a good tweet actually and some good points made. I thought we were quite sloppy in possession as well uh, at yeah, times, giving the ball away quite easily. Chris Kane, underscore 1992, said Ross has accepted the criticism and said he got it wrong, so it's time to move on and forget about today. Learn from the mistakes, go again against Exeter. Uh, no point singling players out for negativity as that's not helping the situation. Definitely not during games. It's still early days. Always nice and balanced from Chris. Uh, James yeah. Dayton looking like sitting behind <laughs> us in the south. Stand at Dave, KS777. <laughs> says Brill needs a rest. We need a back four, not a five. <coughs> Midfield ball one is a must. Dennis and JMD need to start games. Wilkinson is struggling to hold the ball up. And the management team needs to sort this out. Swindon looked slicker, quicker and stronger. Final word this week goes to Stuart1973 who said, Beaten by a better side. However, we didn't have enough intensity with and without the ball. Isgrove for Swindon was man of the match and ran the game. They're a good side and Ross gave a very honest assessment on BBC on Radio London and took the blame himself. So credit where credit is due. So lots and lots and lots of tweets. So we've also left out a huge amount of tweets. But let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those tweets. They all came into us on Twitter at Orient Outlook. So if you want to respond to any, give us a tweet at Orient Outlook or drop us an email at Orient Outlook at Outlook. Or if you don't like Twitter, get in contact on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast, or on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. Yeah, prediction league. So that wraps up Swindon. Um, So we move on to the prediction league then. So well done to uh, Mark Alders, 73, LOFC 1978, Ian 47686749, Orient underscore Viking, Rob NC. C68 and CM Oriental who all predicted 3-1 to get three points in our prediction league uh, unlucky to Ed who sits in front of us because uh, he went for 3-0 so top of the table looks like this 10 points Steve Chaplin uh, 9 points Ivan Rockenbach 72 and Sue, Max, Sue underscore Manx on 9 points uh, 7 points Alan AVM 1502 Alan Reeves 2 CM Oriental and Stephen Orient. So thank you to everybody for all your predictions that we send out about midday on a Saturday. So if you're interested in getting involved with a prediction of the score and scorers, uh, you can look out for that tweet that goes out on Twitter. Yep, so moving on into today, Sunday the 8th of September, and the ladies were in league action at home to Norwich Ladies at Brisbane Road, and they won the game 5-0, thanks to a double from Hayley Barton, and a hat-trick from Sophie LaMarche. And so well done to the ladies. We saw Chris uh, and some of the ladies team giving out flyers on Friday, on Tuesday against Southend. They were also doing it yesterday. So I've not seen any attendance figures, but I hope you got a good attendance and well done. Because it was at the at the uh, at home. It was at Orient. Yeah, I mentioned that, yeah. So, well, so yeah. well done. 5-0 yeah. against Norwich. Can't ask for more than that. Exactly. Well played, Five ladies. goals and a clean sheet. So fantasy... Football update as we now look to wrap this up at an hour 10 as we stand at the moment. Andy Chalk leads the podcast Fantasy Football League on 277 points. That's just two points ahead of Jack Harrison who's in second place. 
Steve's 164th out of 286. I didn't partake this year. Dream Team in our Dream Team League. A Brown leads on 256 points ahead of second place G Wood, who's on 251 points. Steve's doing very well here in 11th out of 82. And again, I'm not taking part in that this year. Yeah, sport, sport. So moving on into I positives. I've got my pants. I should have done that today. Next one in your house, pod in your pants. You are on. So positives and negatives of the week. So we do have positives from the week. First one was beating Southend on Tuesday. Yeah. Always oh, nice good. to beat yeah. Southend. Secondly, young Shadrach Ogie's Stand performance. Out. He is ready. If Widdowson gets injured, I would have no qualms as a supporter if Ogie was bought in. So he is ready. Thinking about I know Dan Happy can play on the left. But thinking about that then, your le- your your defence would be A left back, a left back. Four, no, your defence will then be eighteen year old Shadrach OG and either twenty something year old Dan Happy or Marvin Epiteta. Doesn't Josh matter. Coulson doesn't, and then twenty matter. something year old Dan Happy. If they're on the bench they're ready to play football, it doesn't matter. Right. For me anyway. Yeah. Um and the last positive which could be taken either way, really. But I think it's a massive positive. It was Nigel Travis's statement, very firm leadership, and just shows you how far yeah. the club has come yeah, going absolutely. forward. So you want to do negatives? Yeah, negatives. The performance against Swindon, especially the first half. Uh, we don't seem to know our best tactic, formation or line-up uh, at the moment as well. So, um, But I guess a talking point... From, from all of this as you heard the, the, the theme from the tweets that we had in was what would you know, it was around formations and starting 11 so who would you have as your starting 11 I guess let's go hand in hand okay so what formation you want me to do mine first no we'll do, we'll do it at the same time see if we'll be wary go on so you, what would your formation be as a starting point Four, two, three, one. okay so we snap on that alright keeper yeah. Brill absolutely so a lot of people calling for sergeant but I would absolutely stick with Dean Brill it's amazing the kind of short memories people have of what Brill has done for us um, I think Brill isn't ready to be replaced out of the starting 11 yet okay yeah. so you're back four Sam Ling at right back at okay right back. yeah agree Josh Corson at right centre back um, Dan Happy at left centre back and Joe Widdison at left back okay I agree with three out of your four. I would take Coulson out at the moment because I think Coulson at the moment is the one not playing as well as the other two. So I know I've just given the whole Brill has to stay based on what he done last season. But I would play Happy and Marv to start Okay. on See, Saturday. The, the, the dilemma for me was more Happy and Marv than Happy and Marv as to who I'd go in because it's harsh to drop either of them. It's harsh to drop anyone. But I'd rather about. have a left-footed left centre-back and a left-footed left-back and a right-footed right-back and a right-footed right-centre-back. Uh, I don't know if that matters so much in this day and age, but for me, I'd rather have people playing okay. on their natural side. So we vary on that. Okay, so you're three in midfield. So right, you're four, two. Your two. Go on. My two. This is a difficult one because I think Dal Gorman's done pretty well recently and I'd like to see more of George Marsh. But it's... I had this in my head and now I'm thinking about it more. I Josh Wright and Craig Clay Agreed. to start. Agree. To start with, and then depending on how the game goes, to drop one out for Marshall or, or, or Gorman. Agree. All right. Okay. So we're yeah yeah. So my three will be Dennis on the right. Yeah. JMD in the yeah. middle and Brophy on yeah. the left. Bang on. And Agree. then Ango up top. No, disagree. Go on. Wilkinson up front. Wilkinson. Why? Because he is better holding the ball up, 
And if you're playing with a one man up front, you yeah. need someone too strong so the other three can bum onto it. See, and he won't be as impactful off the bench as Angle, who could run at defenders. See, for I the last think 20 Angle is better at holding it up, but I don't think Angle is, is as good necessarily at winning it in the air. But I wouldn't be looking to pump the ball forward to Lee Angle. I'd be looking to play it through the midfield rather than going long ball. Very so that's interesting. Why I, that's why I'd go with Angle because he's better with ball into feet and he'd be able to then bring the three in more. Whereas I've not seen that from Wilkinson. Very interesting. So me and the bearded legend both go for the same formation and go for the s- nine out of eleven are the same. So let us again let us know if you agree or disagree. It's probably best done on Twitter. This one. So get in contact. Let us know how you feel about what should the starting 11 be against Exeter on Saturday. So let's move on into Hero of the Week. And at first, we thought it was going to be quite difficult for Hero of the Week. But then reflecting on the week, it became quite quite obvious to us. So both unanimous on this one. I guess our Hero of the Week. Shadrach OG. There's no surprise. Well done, Shad. Well done, Shadrach. I think we have to mention also at this point, Dal Gorman, who had a really good game. On Tuesday, he obviously got their man sent off, which I don't think is unfair to say. Yeah. And he scored a really good goal to finish the game. And when he came on on Saturday, he played really well. But I think, again, first time seeing Shadrach, who's a player I've heard of uh, over the last 12 months, but seeing him first yeah. time and seeing how young he is, but how kind of confident, how fit, how agile he is, yeah. didn't look out of place in that team. Yeah. I've seen him all. in pre-season, but that, that's it. Yeah. He's obviously not played first team. thought he was really yeah. good. So well done to young Shad. So next week's fixtures then? Yeah, it's just the one fixture coming up for us next week as we make the long journey down to uh, Exeter on the 14th of September. They're currently top of League 2 after beating Carlisle convincingly yesterday, yeah. 3-1 away. It's going to be a really tough fixture for us. So if you are going, uh, have a safe journey and why not tweet us on your way to the match, during the match or maybe even after the match. Yeah, so don't forget for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or tweet at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all of your plastering and rendering needs. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode 192. It's been a busy week at Orient with two matches at home which saw our leasing.com campaign get off to a fantastic start with a 2-0 home win over rival Southend as Ross made full use of the squad and they did him proud which was then followed up sadly by a 3-1 defeat to Swindon Town in which we were made to look very ordinary by a rampant Swindon team. Yes, yeah, a big week now coming up for Ross and the boys, the focus will be on the upcoming match away to Tabletoppers Exeter City next Saturday. So we'll be back with episode 193 next week as the 200 is rapidly, rapidly approaching. Again, as always, with all the information and views that you could ever need. Yeah, if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in and Stitcher. Add us to your favourites. That way... Uh, you'll have them uh, all the podcasts available as soon as we've uploaded them. We're now also on Spotify, so listening to podcasts has got even easier. Uh, and we're also, just tell your smart devices, your Google, your Alexa, your Google, whatever it is, um, just or in, listen to the Orient Outlook podcast, and I think it, that's how it starts. You've got one, I haven't, so yeah. I'm assuming that's how it works. Absolutely. Um, if you've got an older relative, a friend, a loved one, who you think would like to hear a little bit of a roundup from... Uh, from us um, help them out please phones whatever you can to help them to, to listen to it would be greatly appreciated on our part yeah don't forget to pass the pod and don't forget to buy your Orient Outlook podcast limited edition mug they're only a fiver not many left and we'll keep mentioning it until you buy one so if you're sick of listening to it just give us a fiver and we'll give you a mug so that's it so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm 
Have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Mm.